Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome back to the Deliciously Stellar podcast. Uh, my name is Bella Younger. I run the Instagram account Deliciously Stellar, and I am here with my friend Flick from school. Yay! Yay! So today, Flick and I are going to be talking about the various places that we have made our home over the years, or as Flick likes to call it, to the manor born. I mean, it would make most sense to probably go right back to the beginning and do childhood homes, but you weren't really in yours for long enough, given that you were booted out at the age of eight. Yeah, no, no, I was packed off. I was packed off to boarding school at the age of eight. My parents told me I was going to be a weekly boarder to persuade me to go, but then when the weekend came, nobody came to get me. I love sitting here like the loved and wanted child, but I only had three years on you and then I was out as well. <laughs> out on your ear. I know. You know, there's an actual thing now um, that therapists term boarding school syndrome. And every time I go and see a new therapist, I can just literally see the dollar signs in their eyes. As soon as they hear that mm. I went to boarding school, they're like, brilliant. Where she is going to be here for a while. Yeah, but we definitely, because in other countries, I remember speaking to this French girl I know, and she was like, oh yeah, like in France we have the boarding schools, but it's kind of like for problem children, you know, and it's like the threat, like, oh God, you go to boarding school. But ours was an absolute lull in terms of the dorm co-living thing most of the time it was great my first one was a bit sort of like it was like a mixture between you know like Mallory Towers and Borstal Mm. so you know like on the one hand we got to take our ponies and it was all very cozy and we had pets and then on the other hand you know they would wake you up at 6am on your birthday and throw you into a nice cold bath as a treat oh that's weird yeah there's a lot of stuff that went on that we kind of just took as normal and when you look back on it I mean even even at secondary school the ritual of cutting the cake and you had to have one leg on the table and as you cut down you had to let out a scream and at the bottom people recited a poem this might have been before you joined mm. I can't remember what it was but you know that was just totally normal and you look back and it's like no it's not normal to be woken up with both the fire alarm and a handbell and it's not normal to scream your way through cutting your cake <laughs> no it's also not normal on, on my birthday at my prep school you'd have to stand on a chair and recite a poem to the whole school mm. But that's not a treat. No. Also, on Halloween, they would tie our hands behind our backs. They would tie treacle pancakes to a washing line. And then the matron would lob them at your face. <laughs> so you'd get covered in black treacle and you just had to try and eat them. And if you didn't like black treacle, well, you know what? You were fucked because you had no choice. And you just, it was 
honestly like some form of horrible torture so by day you're cleaning cornflakes off of a horse's penis yes. and by night you're having hot pancakes flung at you yeah exactly sometimes they couldn't afford to feed us and we'd only have crackers on sundays good school guide take note oh uh, well it's been shut down obviously my dad was a governor <laughs> says, <a lot. laughs> says it all says it all um, I was thinking it's quite a brutal thing that they used to do at the end of each term, even from 11 right the way up to kind of 17, that you would be able to write three names down or four names down of people that you wanted to share a room with. I never really thought about it before, but obviously there were people that would never have been picked and it was a really, you know, it was a really big moment. We'd all get together. Who's, yeah. I'm going to put you down if you put me down, whatever it was. Um and then it would be, you'd be quite open when the list would go up and people would be like, I can't believe it. I've got to call my mum. I really hate And the whole thing, I mean, no wonder it set us all up to be like nervous, anxious, paranoid pollies. Yeah, no, it was a nightmare. The worst is when you got to sixth form and then it was just two of you in mm. a dorm and it was who's going to be your two and like how cool you were was really ranked by who picked you to be no in there too. me. Always got the one I wanted. Did you? Yeah. No, I don't think I... Actually, no, I, I had no mum were all right. Yeah. I wouldn't have lived with you because you were messy. Oh, no, I was disgusting. But you did have good granola, so I'd sort of hold my breath and come in for some. Yeah, so my mum would make me homemade granola, which made me somewhat popular. But also, I was the ultimate target, because I was such a pig, of the open bottle of milk in the bedroom. Yeah, that was a prank we liked to do to that. So people would sneak into my bedroom and they would open a carton of milk and then they would just hide it somewhere. So my bedroom would start to smell and then everyone would wait for how long it would be until I noticed because I was so feral. And sometimes it would be quite a long time. Once I found a whole melon rotting. That was me. That yeah. was me and Lucy Wilkinson. Yeah, well, I thought I thought it was Hodnet. So I took the rotting melon into her bedroom. I put it under her duvet. I went in and went, babe, I've got something really important to tell you. And she sat on it. Well done. Got yours. Let's put jolly hockey sticks away yeah. and move on to... What, the, our more normal lives. The more normal lives. So what was next? Uni. We had very different experiences. Mine was luxy living in Dublin. No, so my first year, I basically, I lived in a hall that was based on a women's prison. Mm. Um, and I, I the fir- on the first night, I went outside because there was a fire alarm and I went, oh, should we all go and line up outside? And everyone went, what? And I went, you know, like at school. And everyone immediately realized that I was some posh idiot. And no one spoke to me for the rest of the year. Oh, see, we actually had to do that in Dublin still. No. And I remember it was like if you were, because they were quite strict about um, sort of the girl flats and boys flats and they did have like a warden that would go around, like it wasn't a free-for-all. And, you know, so you'd see when the fire alarm would go off, kind of naughty Catholic girls scuttling back to their flats because they'd been caught in Connor's room. I sound like such a racist, I don't mean to. (laughs) but But anyway, it happened, it happened, we'll cut that out. When we moved out of halls, like, it was a real race because there were some really nice houses. I went to university in Newcastle and there was a really nice area where you could live in a really nice house. You know, some of them, some of them had argas. You know, some of them were really, really luxurious. Mm. And then I was obviously not so quick off the mark and it came to a point where I was, like, sort of... I was racing other groups of girls to sort of get to these houses. And we found this house and somehow, in my mind, I didn't think it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen... But it was awful. We called it Bruff Park, which was the name of the local dog racing track. Oh, God. And there was there were mice. There was a rat on our doorstep. The ceiling fell down. It was genuinely the, the worst place. And they said that we could paint it and 
like normal human beings, we painted our bathroom red. So it looked like there'd been some sort of awful Massacre. murder there. The shining kind of... It was awful. Also, my, my bedrooms looked like a sort of like bad 70s porno. So it was brown. And my mum has a real thing for leopard. So she made me a leopard throw. And I had mirrors behind my bed. I mean, the whole thing was just horrific. A monumentally horrible Thai sex den. It was. It was like a horrible Thai sex den. Disgusting. A bad I, 70s porno. I was just thinking back to mine. And I realised what a sad act I am. That I decided from the second year of a four-year course at university. No, third year. That um, cohabiting is just not for me. And I lived on my own at uni. And now, a decade later, I still live on my own. And I stand by the fact that if you can do it, do it. Because it is the best decision I've ever made. I think there's that whole introvert v extrovert thing. I think some people need their alone time and they really like it. Oh God, I hate my alone time. Bag of nerves always. I just don't like living. I want people always. And then I just always want them to leave. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've got your grace period. I mean, come on over, shoot the breeze, drink the wine, get out. You see, I love, I love cohabiting. Yeah, you do. You're a real cohabiter. I'm a real cohabiter. I love it when people get back from work. It's my favourite time of day. But you're incredibly tolerant. Like, you would see a couple of black hairs in the bath and think nothing of it, even though you're really blonde. Whereas I would have to get the marigolds on, mask on my face, Dettol, probably leave for a couple of days, and then I get over it. Yeah. Any guys out there? I sound like a perfect catch, don't I? <laughs> really relaxed. Oh yeah, me too. Bella's really gross and flicks really <laughs> uptight. Does anyone want to date us? There's freaky people out there that you live with, though. I remember there was, I know it's probably a classic story and loads of people know them, but there was a girl who I lived with at uni in first year in halls. And she did used to write her initials on every egg in the fridge. She used to put a black marker line on the milk so that if you drank any of her milk, she'd know because it was down below the line that she'd had. And I kind of think now, like, what what are they doing? Like, what, how have they got on in the world since being such assholes? And the thing is, she is probably married with 2.4 kids and doing better than me. Yeah, so I lived with a girl who we used to refer to as Crap Sarah. And um, we met her on Spare Room. And, you know, she really sort of, she gave off the impression of having a personality in her interview. Mm. But then, it, you know, it soon transpired this wasn't true. And she kept perishable food in her bedroom. No. And we were like, you know what, Sarah? It's, if you don't want me to eat your cheese... You put your name in the cheese. I won't judge you. But just stop keeping it in your bedroom. It's gross. Like, I actually am about to move in with some people I've met on Spare Room for the first time. Oh, my God, you haven't told me. That's oh, so yeah. terrifying. Found out, found out last night. It's like it's like going on a date. Like, I went and I, I had a really nice time and it was a really nice house. And I was like, oh, my God, I really hope they pick me. They did, thank God. Have you met them and stuff? This isn't like over some e chat and you're no, 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 no. I've, I've, I've met them and they're really, really nice. Fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for you. No, I'm excited. Yeah, get that granola out nice and early. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in bearing gifts. Yeah, you know, sweeten everyone up. Yeah, I like to think that we're quite good flatmates. Yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, I'm definitely better than crap Sarah. Yeah, and I'm a people pleaser, so I always like fill the fridge up with stuff I know they like and I don't want. Okay, you have been doing a lot of that. I do that a lot. <laughs> it's actually again making me sound quite freaky. But come on over, guys. Got the perfect lemon drizzle. I actually once was so annoyed with my corridor at university that I I got really drunk one night and I went into the shared kitchen and I found a bag of potatoes that this girl obviously had to you know, last for a while. I took a bite of every single one and spat it in the bin. Raw potatoes? Yes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we might have moved from school to uni to living in flats, having our own flats, whatever it may be. But we know that there's one place that we keep on going back to. Mum and dad's. I have lived with my parents as an adult an inordinate amount of time. So have I. I lived with my parents even when they redid their house, had building works throughout the entire thing. There was no water or electricity and they had moved out and I was still huddled in the top room until that's when I eventually succumbed when it was like pitch black, freezing cold and I was under a bin bag. And then I, I think came over and stayed with you and, and Floz for a while. So my parents made me swap bedrooms with my brother because they just weren't expecting me to ever be at home for an extended period of time ever again. So I am now, I now live in my parents' house in this basically this box. But then what they didn't anticipate was that I would have to write a book and go a little bit mad and have to live with them for like six months mm. in a, what is essentially a coffin. Yeah, you should have just come and moved in with my mum. We have we take people in all the time. She is a dream, if you remember, when yeah, we used to stay. Absolutely. So, Makeets, as we like to call her, even when we were about 21, 22, would come home from a big night at three o'clock in the morning. The little lamb, I mean, she's not a lamb normally, but in this situation, we would always, always have hot water bottles in the beds little Evian bottles next to us, a tray with a midnight feast, and we were full on adults. Like sometimes even bringing random boys back, they would get the same treatment, always the same. Grapes, which you always want at that time of night. Yeah. Some cheese straws, mini cheddars, like heaven. Like it's just what you want. I miss it so much. It was an absolute dream. My mum actually does that every time I go home. She fills the fridge with the things that she imagines I still really like. And I'm like, you know what? I do secretly quite like a pepperami, but there doesn't need to be 25 in the fridge. I'm home for two days. It's what we were saying earlier. It's that... You know, you spend your whole teenage years or, or early adult years and, and they're going, for God's sake, have some respect. This is our house. Stop treating it like a hotel. Get out. Da, 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 da. And now when we come home, they literally roll out the red carpet and give us the hotel treatment. It is five star. And I think it's probably because they're secretly desert for us to move back full time. No, they're absolutely not. I can tell you that. My mum um, has never been more desert for me to leave. Yeah. She just, I mean, she just didn't know what to do. I just wouldn't leave. But she is mad. The other day, I asked her to buy me a couple of curly whirlies to do a deliciously seller post. 60 curly whirlies later, she returns from the supermarket. <laughs> I was like, what, what are we going to do with all of these curly whirlies? I was like, Mum, you're diabetic, you can't eat them. You know, the rest of us are, you know, definitely erring on the chubbier side and cannot eat them. Oh, you a curly whirly doesn't count though. It's so flaky and that's light. what I said. There's so many holes in it. Exactly. It and is. my sister goes, "Listen to you. Sound like deliciously Stella now." <laughs> <laughs> she has a point. Good old Katrina. 
Yeah, it was actually the other one. Oh, God, they're all catching on now. Oh, I know, they're they are. They're, they're so sassy. So my brother went on a night out last week and he got really, really hammered and he turned up at my parents' house in the countryside at like 4am and my mum had to feed him cheese and ham sandwiches and he turned to my dad and he just went, give me a glass of whiskey, Charles. And dad went, <laughs> he's arrived. A, my name's not Charles, <laughs> to you. And B, no, you can have some water, you horrible drunk hooligan. Oh, I thought for a minute he really wasn't Charles. He was like, oh, I'm Andrew. Nice <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm done. One of the things I think that you learn when you, you go home is that your parents have absolutely no sense of your likes and dislikes. Like, I used to really like hippopotamuses. Mm-hmm. But my mum has got into my mind that I love hippopotamuses so much that when I go home, there must be some new hippopotamus-type ornament in my bedroom for me to feel at home. That's adorable. That is adorable, but I have no need for a hippopotamus-shaped rubber. This is true. <laughs> I love it. Of course, it's going to be a little stationary good. A rubber that sort of sits on the end of a pencil. No, no, no. An enormous oh. pink rubber. Huge. Absolutely enormous. Uh, uh, it is that thing. Yeah, and they're very stuck in their ways. I think mine is lemon sorbet. My mum sort of thinks that that's my thing. It's like when it's pouring with rain and it's November, I can probs do without. But she buys, you know, those lemons that actually have the sorbet in the lemon. Like, I don't even know where she finds them from. Oh, I love those. You know, it's like they they're very ho- they're very holidays, and they have that little exactly. But that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, I liked it when we were in like Portugal, and I was a kid. Like, very, very different after a busy day at work, and it's like pissing. Like, it's just not. It's not what I feel like doing. My mum's just really a really obscene feeder. So I remember I had I had a, an old boss to stay when I was doing an Edinburgh show the first time I was doing it, and I told her all about my mum. Mm. And I think I tell people things about my mum, they don't really believe me. And then they meet her and they're like, oh my God, it's actually true. And she did. She found my mum making pate at 6am so that I would be able to enjoy the delicious pate at lunchtime. And she was like, how have you gotten through life being this spoiled? Like, how are you okay? I was like, well, I'm not. Am I? Yeah. It's I'm a, mad as snakes. It's a weird thing because they. Just, my mum gave up, decided to give up cooking. She just put her, she describes our childhood years now as, um, well, you know, I wore a hair shirt for those years, which I didn't know what it was, but it's actually those priests that wear as, as a really religious monks that wear these uh, shirts made out of like hessian sack to mm. scratch themselves as a, as, a, as, a, as a way of kind of self-flagellation, oh like hurting themselves. So that's how my mother describes her, her, you know, bringing us up, which slightly kind of dims the like rose-tinted memories I have of childhood. Anyway, she decided to kind of get fab and, and not cook. And now when I go home, there's like pots of of soup that cost about 12 quid and uh, you know she goes to these like local delis and a sort of coleslaw which has absolutely nothing to do with coleslaw it's like shredded uh shredded lettuce with a sort of light cider vinegar dressing something or other your mum is obsessed with seeds this she much loves i know a seed. she loves a she seed loves a seed in fact my ex-boyfriend the one that uh, we talked about last week who wore the bell bottoms came and stayed with us and um he emptied what he thought was a pack of bird food into the bird feeder. Um, and my mum came home and it was actually her like 25 pounds worth of hemp and flax seeds that she likes to grind and have with a glass of wine. Um, so she was not best pleased. Jesus. I know, but you, but you know, she does eat like a bird. She does. She does eat like a bird. And drinks like a fish. <laughs> Eats like a bird and drinks like a fish. Best housemate ever. The flatmate that you've never had is a pet. That's true, actually. I haven't enjoyed. You need to get one. I know that the first sign of adulthood, there's two. One is keeping a houseplant alive. Mm -hmm. One is having a spare room. 
I've got both and I've got a pet. I know, and you've got a pet. You are fully functioning. Oh, so I don't have to be worried. I'm fine. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty much done. And as Dora, my Italian cat, sister said, you know, Juliet, if you don't meet the man, then you get one cat, he lives, he dies, you get another, he lives, he dies, another, and then you're dead. So that is the way out. No man, three cats, and you're off. So I think my first and foremost goal is to not live in Scotland like my parents because it is cold and it is far away and none of my mates live there. It's weird because normally I'd say that's quite an achievable goal, like just don't live in Scotland, but you do kind of get drawn back there. I know. I feel the lure already. Yeah. The whisper of the sea. (laughs) (laughs) When you say that, your whole face changes and you just look like an old Scottish man. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's quite attractive. (laughs) I'll be being whisked off with you at this rate. Um, I am actually I'm actually going to Scotland next weekend I'm going on a fishing holiday with my family and we're going to be staying in a timeshare that I've inherited from my grandmother and it is the most backward experience I mean it, I will be having soggy holidays you soggy... have to explain to me what this means what is what a timeshare basically means that for part of the year you own this property oh yeah fine and you can trade in which week you want and stuff fine. I think it was quite big in like the 70s or something anyway sure. we've inherited this timeshare we're going it's on a loch near Oban it's basically you'll piss it down the Love whole how you week say it, say it again Loch. Loch. I'm, I'm Scottish. I am. <laughs> and um, I have a really good idea for, a, for an Instagram post, which you guys will have seen by this point. Um, so I'm going to get my sister's boyfriend to hand me a couple of crabs when we go crabbing. And then my caption is going to be, how am I going to tell my sister that her boyfriend gave me crabs? That is really good. Isn't it? I've been thinking about it for weeks. I'll be giving that one a like, I'll tell you Thank that. you, you give it a little cheeky like. If I like. got no likes, shame on you guys. Yeah, that's brilliant, what you just heard. <laughs> Witness genius right there. So you don't want to be in Scotland. That's it. That's as, No, I don't, I, I, I don't want to be in Scotland. I mean, a spare room would obviously be the dream, a houseplant perhaps. But you know, just not in Scotland, I think, would be my, my, first, my first goal. Also, my mum has a witch. Who she sends me to sometimes, and the witch told me that my special place was in the sea, so maybe somewhere near the sea. All right, Ursula. <laughs> and if you do get houseplant, it has to be a Venus flytrap. <laughs> the only one that suits. Yeah, or, I could see myself by the sea. I see you as a What's city the, dweller forever. Do you know, I wouldn't mind like a nice little country cottage and then a house in London. I just, I just want the, you know, I just want it all. I'm basically the beast of Bob and Moore. Like, I know what's going to happen. Like having spent so long, sort of desperately trying to avoid marrying a terrible chin, I'm going to marry the most terrible of all the chins. And I'm mm-hmm. going to live in a cold house with no electricity and flagstones. Yeah. And I'm going to have a miserable time, be cold and grumpy. And you're going to be like a mad thing and wear like your shredded dungarees and waltz through like heather fields, like Kate Bush and singing Wuthering Heights. Exactly. I'm just going to be you know like a like a Bronte on the moors wearing a kimono. Yeah. And then you'll end up like old uh, Mrs. What's her name? Jane Eyre. No, no, the one that was in the. In oh, the, the one room. in Jane Eyre, the one, in the, the the wife that was locked in the in the tower. Mrs. Rochdale or something. Rochester. Rochester. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I did bloody read it. Um, yeah, that'll be you. That, that. <laughs> Go up in flames. Too hot. Too hot. <laughs> okay, so Flick always likes to do this because I was once in a play where I burned in a barn and I. I had to say, too hot. She wasn't even a on lot. stage. It was just Bella behind a curtain, just going. <laughs> Too hot. Too hot. The whole time. My name was Donald. It was very tragic. I was picked, obviously, because of my incredible dramatic ability. We were the kids that actually locked you in and burnt you. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I think that's a lot about your future. (laughs) If you're enjoying the podcast, please.
please do subscribe. You can find us on iTunes or Acast. Or if you want to get in touch directly, you can email me at deliciouslystella at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at deliciouslystella. See you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.